Yo, yo, yo. It's spilled milk. Spill milk. Spill milk. We're about to spill the milk. Spill the milk. Welcome back. Welcome back. What is this? Episode three? Season two, episode three. Yeah. Season Oh my two. god, like Euphoria. Season two, episode three. Well, that's what came out this week. I don't know. That's what oh. made me think of it. <laughs> two, three. Can we I don't know. Touch? Have you watched the episode? Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. Though. Yeah, I know. And but I get the it's gist so of it. Good. Everyone says it on Twitter, so I know what. Not trying to spoil happens. it for anyone who hasn't no seen it. No spoilers, but really good. I think it's good. You know what I heard actually? What? You know the girl that plays Cat? Apparently, yeah. she got into like an yeah, argument I heard about with that too. the director of Euphoria, and like a whole bunch of her like lines yeah. got cut. And she didn't go to like the premiere, the premiere or something. Yeah. For really? COVID reasons, but no. like it, no, she said it was for COVID reasons, oh. but I think it was more for that um yeah it's kind of crazy no wonder she's like not a huge part so far i liked her character i know that's so i liked her actually a lot yeah i thought she was like a, a bad b i really you know with this season i wasn't hugely into the first season but i think i was just like i don't want to get into the hype um but also because like uh euphoria high is very similar or at least my experience in high school is kind of similar in the ways that euphoria characters are anyway um i just like how they're doing this season like direction wise i feel like the color choices mm-hmm. the setting i feel like the directors are taking a lot of creative liberties with some of the scenes yeah and sure. you could really see that in the second and third episode really mm-hmm. i've been seeing a lot of people thinking that like it's a um, the director's like and the producers or whatever it's very like um what's the word i don't know what the word's called but like not like sex oriented but like there's not really like a storyline that much like it doesn't really stick to one that much and, I think and it that's doesn't what I and like it doesn't it. really follow into like one big thing i guess but it's okay. very just like sex motivated i guess but i don't think so i don't think it's very sex motivated so there's a lot of it there it is, is but it's not like i don't think they're glorifying it. i mean maybe it is it, no they are in bit. some ways but i don't like yeah, there is a lot of sex in it, to be honest. But it's like, I don't know. I kind of like how it's not focused on one storyline and it's just kind of like all over. And like you see these different characters in like different ways. And like my perception of characters will change every episode. I'm like, oh my God, I hate this character. Yes. And the next episode, I'm like, oh, I yes. like this one yeah. or that one. And it's just like constantly I like changing. that too because, you know, I actually have a really hard time watching TV and watching shows because I feel like after the first season – or the second season, okay, I already kind of know these characters. I know who the main protagonist is, and they're focusing on this one thing, and I kind of get bored with the storyline, but I've just noticed in how they're doing it now, going deep into every individual story, um, they are making the characters more relatable, and they're talking about real-life stuff. Like, this Mm -hmm. is real. I mean, they are definitely glorifying some of this, but... um, Rue's character has developed in a way that I'm actually kind of interested in it Yeah, now. I'm excited for it. I'm actually yeah. kind of interested <laughs> I'm in I'm scared it. for her. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm scared for her. Me too, but I feel like that's kind of relatable. I don't know. I Right, and it makes me want to scream at her and, like, shake yes. her and, like... Yeah. But I think that's like, what, what all the characters doing? feel, too. Like, yeah. we see that in our mom, we see that in our sister, we see that in Fez, and, like, all these characters are, like, trying to do that for her, but Fez she's so, so stubborn. Funny. She's like, no, I want to do what I want to do. All the characters. Cassie, too. You know what? Oh, Cassie's and that just... Kinda... Cassie's a I mess. Can't, I can't. She's... Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, it was 
just talking about that kind of leads into what I, uh, you know, some things that we wanted to talk about today, like Rue's, uh, I feel bad for so any spoiler episode now. Uh, no. <laughs> I know, right? Well, <laughs> in case you haven't seen me before. <laughs> but, you, you, know, you, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of the characters are facing the issue of do I want to get better? Do I want to get better or am I stuck in this rut of depression? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, have been in that point in their life where they're just like, I'm not ready. I'd rather feel more comfortable being sad and being angsty mm -hmm. than going through the process of growth and relearning and sobering Change up. Change is scary There's, and uncomfy, sorry. No, sorry. There's this, no, it reminds me of this like one line that like Maddie has. I think it was maybe last episode or the episode before. And it was like when she, I don't know, I don't want to get too detailed in the show in case you haven't seen it, but Ooh. it's like she's not with Nate anymore. And she's like, should I get back together with him? Mm. Because, you know, I want to, or am I just lonely? And it's like, I feel like that's something that like everyone kind of struggles with sometimes where it's like sometimes people leave your life for a reason, but then it's like, Oh, you kind of want them back, but it's like, wait, is it just because like I am alone and like I'm lonely and bored? And bored, is it exactly. I'm bored? You want the excitement, like. My mom is always telling me she's like, "Don't self sabotage yourself." And I feel like there have been times where I've done stuff in points of my life where I, you know, maybe doing really well, but then I'm chasing a high of some kind of like, you know what? Maybe I should screw it up a little bit and you know, self-sabotage a little bit and, and get into it. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? You, are you, like, conscious of that, or is it really? Yeah, and that's why I've been, okay, straight up, there have been things going on in my life that I feel like I'm asking a lot of people what their thoughts on, what their thoughts are on it, and I feel like I'm asking so many different people because I know the answer that I want to get, mm. but I'm not getting it, mm. and it scares me because I know at the end of the day, if I go with my gut, it's not gonna be what other people are telling me to mm -hmm. do. And I don't know, one of my friends was like, you have to just let things happen. Like there isn't like a devil or angel on your shoulder. You just either let it happen or you don't let it happen. And I'm like, what if I let it happen, but I know I'm letting it happen and it's bad or something like that, so. But then it's like, at least you're like aware that you're letting it happen yeah, and you're, you're willing very, to like suffer the consequences. Yeah, self-aware because like things you're saying, it's like, you self sabotage like like self sabotage and you know it i don't it's a lot of like i'm already down in the pit and it's just like i need to fix myself and it's just like and i do like ask a lot of opinions and stuff but i agree i do deep down i'm going to do mm -hmm. i'm going to do what i'm going to do whether right. that's good or bad i'm going to do what i'm going to do I used to talk about that with like my old therapist a lot about like self-sabotaging because it happens so much. But I feel like sometimes like you're kind of aware of it happening when you're in the moment. You're like, I am self-sabotaging this, but you're sometimes like too much in a nice. depressive like pit where you just don't have the motivation or the energy to like not do that or not do mm -hmm. what you want or like put yourself first. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. putting myself first really just involves like just staying in bed and at home and not talking to anyone and not doing anything. And then it's okay. like, you know, I leave people undelivered for days and weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so bad because like, I feel like I lose those connections with people and they're like mad at me cause I'm not reaching out. But it's like, I feel like people might not understand like what it is that like I'm really going through. And I physically, mentally just like can't talk to anyone else right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just more about like, putting me first and like I don't mm -hmm. but then it's like in that way I'm self-sabotaging all my friendships and connections because I'm not like there you know in the ways that I feel like I should be as a friend 
Well, also like you do have to put yourself first in that and it does it might be that way and then the people that you call your friends should know that and yep, if they exactly, don't exactly if they don't then they should not be in your circle I know, and i'm realizing that like i'm because so, i i would fill myself with toxic people all the time who would do that and i would like they would kind of victimize themselves and then blame me for all this stuff and then i'm realizing like no like they're not like supposed to be in my life they're not like true friends if they can't really understand it you know like you don't have to like really be there but just at least understand it exactly. and like, yeah. listen like yeah it's um like I, I don't even know how to explain that but like you know right now i'm going through a lot i you know we i suffer from men, you know some mental illness and um you know, I can I can see when things are happening. I know my triggers and I know when, when stuff is going on. And for me, a part of my growth in just like how, you know, trying to take care of myself is communicating with my people, mm-hmm. telling people what's going on. Because there are so many times, you know, after I talked to my doctor, I got so, I was so upset and sad and angry with myself. And I was like, okay, what can we do? you know, if this gets worse or, you know, things happen. And I was like, people, you know, I don't want to be lonely. I feel like when things go wrong, like, it's like, I have all these friends on Snapchat. I have all these people <laughs> yeah. following me. And, but do they really, yeah, they're acquaintances. Do they really know what's going on? No, but I don't want to make a whole post about it because then people are, who knows what people are going to think. So then it's like, okay, who are my close people that I know will understand that I can be like, I need you to listen to me. I need you to know what's going on just from a safety standpoint. Like, I don't, you know, just in case something really bad happens, but also to fill them in. Because if you don't talk to anyone about it, like, then you keep all those thoughts to yourself. And that can be really damaging Mm -hmm. and then lead to, like, more self-sabotage or just lead to, like, you know, doing something that you really shouldn't do or, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like, for me, it's kind of hard to talk about it with people because I feel like for so long I've suffered with like mental illness, but I've learned to kind of like keep it in, I guess, and just kind of internalize it and deal with it on right. my own. And that's how I've always done it. And like, I mean, recently I've like been trying to talk about it more with people who like care, but it's also like, do they really care? Are they just like listening because they feel like they have to, or like, you know, they might not really want to listen to my problems. So it's like, yeah, I need to go back to therapy. <laughs> but. You know, it's just, like, hard to talk about sometimes because especially if they might not understand it. I love talking to people who can understand it, but people who don't and don't want to understand it, I can't, like, I can't, like, at least, like, try. <laughs> I feel like a hypocrite because I always say, like, communication's like, key and stuff and all that. And, like, it's one of the most important things in, like, any relationship you have with anyone. And then it's, like, I kind of suck at communication and I feel like... I know that stems back from like my childhood and stuff like that just because not that I had like a bad childhood or anything but it was just it was just like a place like in my life where I didn't share a lot of my feelings it was very just me so it was just I had to deal with it It was a lot of just I kept to myself I know how to deal with my stuff whether that be good or bad like I know how to fix myself I guess in a way but but I always do listen and I always try to be there for other people but I always feel like I'm ne- I never take that extra step sometimes ever like make that relationship like to the next level just because like for myself cuz I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I try and I always try and there's like 
things I never tell people that are like huge to me that might not be big to them, they, but they don't even know that. But yeah, they're like okay. I want to touch on a couple of those points um, before sharing like my experience, but. You know, talking to people that understand is huge. I've been trying to find community with people that, you know, understand what I'm going through. And that's been nice. And just like, even if it's one person that gets it, like, at least you can share that little bit that they're going to, you know, hear. And then, you know, Kiko, what you were saying, like, not being there for yourself and like you can tell all that you know we're constantly telling y'all self-care be there you know take care of yourself but we're not always taking you know we're humans and we still go through things and i don't know a huge thing is self-care and and making sure that you're there for yourself that's been something i've been struggling a lot with because i'm like school and work and social not socializing but like being there at events and doing all these things but then I look at my room and it's a depression hole and I'm That's not, you know, and I'm not eating as much as I should be and all these things that, you know, really are core things that I should be caring for myself about and then I'm like listening to other people's problems and I want to be there for them but then it's like, can I share my stuff? Anyway, um, that's a mm-hmm. whole thing but, you know, yeah, like I feel like I'm trying to relearn and, you know, just... I don't know. I think your childhood definitely shapes how, you know, yeah, you express say, yourself. Yeah. Do you think that's like a nature versus nurture thing? Like, do you think we grow up learning how to like express ourselves in certain ways or are we just kind of, do we just kind of have it? Because I mean, like in my family, like it was kind of like a toxic household. And I feel like I learned how to like deal with issues a certain way. And like on my own, it was like very like you kind of like don't really talk about your feelings sort of thing. So I kind of learned how to like internalize that in myself and within my friends and I don't know like mental illness is also like runs in my family genetically and so like everyone has kind of always had an issue with that and it's just like we've never really expressed it much and it was like very taboo thing you know I was gonna say like watching that midnight gospel episode yesterday they're talking about um what was it it was like how you when you grow up you are taught things right and then, like, when you start to grow up and, like, obviously, like, move us going to college or whatever, we tend to grow out of things that we learn and obviously learn our way through things. But we also keep things that we learned from our childhood. And I think that, like, you were saying, do you like, like how you internalize, like, your emotions? I felt like you learned that through your childhood and it, stood, it stayed with you. Yeah. Wow. But, like, other things that you said before were, like, toxic are now not toxic anymore. I think that's weird. Like, that's crazy, but not weird or crazy, but it's just, like, I was trying to think of the things that I, in child, like, the child, like, the things that I learned from childhood that are still carrying with me that is, like, not necessarily good or bad, but just the things that are just still with me that just never gone away and the things that changed. Because I'm so different from my family and my mom, and my mom always says, like, when you were a child, you were so like da da da, and then you hit like middle school. What happened? Or like mm-hmm. you hit da da da. What happened? And I was just like, I don't know. I found myself. I don't know. I just well, I think experience yeah. shape that. Like different things that happen in your life, like might cause trauma. Like yeah. trauma, like comes throughout your whole life, and different things will trigger that. And then yeah, you might like become more like depressed, and you know, like it happens. Like I don't think you're really depressed as like a little kid. I mean, I don't know, maybe you might be, but like not as much as like 
say like as a 20 year old you know yeah. more life experience um hmm. I'm like exposing my whole family right now. I know. But uh, you know what? My mom listens to this sometimes, and it's hey, okay. Rachel. Hey, Mom. <laughs> hey, Rachel. Uh, so, I, yeah, I was, gosh, like, I was, I always talk, I, I always mention this, like, now that you're not living at home anymore, now that you're kind of out, you're not really a child anymore, I find myself looking back on my child and, and seeing what has shaped me and, and what toxic traits or just traits in general and, and, and actions that I, uh, you know, do now and all, all kinds of stuff. But um, uh, it's interesting, like, okay, there are a couple things. But, you know, I grew up, like, okay, straight up, I grew up, like, lying a lot. Lying a lot. Okay, wait. So I grew up... And I think it was that, like, I grew up lying because I was too afraid to communicate what actually happened and what was happening and how I felt with my family because my my dad would, honestly, he, he would uh, make me feel awful about it. And he just, I, I felt like I was doing him a disservice from whatever I was going through. And it made me so uncomfortable from all the lectures and the yelling and oh making me feel God. like what was going on was wrong rather than being faced with, you know, nurture and, you know, really understanding what was going mm -hmm. on in my feelings that it caused me to lie all the time and not feel comfortable expressing myself. And I, I still, while I love my dad and I love my mom, I still find myself not fully expressing how I feel to them sometimes. And that has been, I mean, I, I definitely have worked on, I, I don't, I don't lie um, as much as I did. Uh, as and definitely not. Uh, you know, it was more of like a family thing of like where I was going and you know some no, other I... some other stuff. Uh, but that was a huge thing that I I came to terms with as I got older. You know, why it was that I was lying so much and stuff. You know, and there were other things, but that was huge. Is it like you said that was just with your dad, not your mom? Because I was gonna say you. Like, I, you're on FaceTime with, I've been on FaceTime with you and Rachel. Mm -hmm. Y'all seem like a really good relationship, yeah. and it's really cute. Um, well, my mom, hey, mama, um, <laughs> if you're listening. Well, first off, my mom uh, helped me with my depression room. I uh, called them crying, was telling them what I was going through, and my mom was like, well, I'm going to help you the best way I know how. And first, we're just going to strip your bed and get everything sorted. And she stayed on you know, just staying on FaceTime with me for an hour and a half while I cleaned my room. That that was kind of just what I what I needed in that moment. Um, I can't express my feelings with my mom, but she's not always the most, like, emotional person. Like, I feel like we talk about things. I don't know. My, my parents are, are my teachers. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I used to idolize them a lot, and I think yeah, that's another think that's reason so why funny. I used to... I think that's another reason why I used to lie was because I help, I had them up on this pedestal. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, my mom has been a peer of mine for a while. My mom's my best friend. So I think there are things that, like with my mom, that I struggle with, um, you know, maybe body image-wise. I don't know. But um, I'm definitely closer with her emotionally sometimes. But I'm also, I'm also close to my dad. It's just like certain things that happened in my childhood that I was just like, in you know another thing that mm -hmm. I had to relearn yeah, yeah. and um I'll just like say this quickly like you know I've been friends with M-Dog for three years and it's been in that time that she's called me out on stuff I mean like you can't 
do that. Like, you're gaslighting me right now or something like that. Like, there was one point where she was like, don't make me feel like I'm crazy. Don't make me feel like, and it was like, oh, that was something that I was taught. Like, this was something that someone else Mm -hmm. did to me that I thought was an okay response to give to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I had to relearn that you can't do that. I think that's how a lot of people get their toxic traits is like just picking it up from other people and you're not even aware. And I think most of it, you know, probably comes from your parents and you like you see it growing up because you do idolize your parents so much growing up. They're like the only people you really know. And, you know, everything they do, you kind of just like take in like unaware, like subconsciously like you do. And you're kind of learn like, oh, this is like okay behavior to treat someone like this because my parents who love me are treating me like this. So it's got to be okay. And then as you grow up, you realize like I'm still realizing this and I still feel bad about certain ways that I've treated people in my past just because like I thought that that was like a normal thing. You know, I thought gaslighting was normal. <laughs> <Too late. laughs> I was going to say, oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I was going to say that like, I don't know. I don't really I never I mean I idolize my mom I guess like I love her I think she's beautiful she's just like a successful black woman I like always look up to her but like I never like idolized her like that I don't know like I never put my mom up to a pedestal because like like you guys saying that like I what you were saying Clover like I did the same thing to my mother I lied everything like everywhere like i would come up with like me and my friends would te- like come up with like excuses to like figure out what i was da, 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 all this all this and that like i never told my mom about my relationships ever like she doesn't know anything she's always asking like she doesn't really know anything but i was just thinking like i don't know why i just never we never even connected on like an emotional level either really now it's better like now i feel like we're definitely closer we had our fights and stuff but like we're definitely like closer and stuff but still to this day i don't know if i can yeah i feel the same way about my dad i mean my dad have never i've never told him anything that's going on in my life he doesn't know he doesn't know who i am he doesn't know anything about me like he knows i'm in school he knows my major he i don't even think he knows how old i am you know but he's like he he he's a huge you know, like we grew up, like we grew up together. <laughs> I, <laughs> I grew roommate. up in his household. Like my parents, you know, were together, and like we all, you know, we're in this like same house, and we lived together. But in the end, he really knew nothing about me, and I never felt comfortable talking to him about anything in my life or like anything personal about my feelings, nothing like that, because he's very, very detached too, and he's just like I don't know. I felt like everything I did was kind of like he would just like I guess like yell a lot over mm-hmm. everything he had like really really bad tempers and so I didn't want to like talk to him about anything because I didn't feel like he was a safe person for me to confide in at all and I still don't and I haven't you know talked to him on the phone you know since I saw him last over break like I don't have a relationship with him whatsoever so I feel like I kind of understand what you're saying in a way where it's like I can't imagine like telling my dad like anything personal in my life like I feel like that'd be so weird like I don't like I feel like that's like an awkward super awkward thing that I don't feel like I could ever do I still like the thing is like I I still think of of like my I still like my mom like we still have a really good like relationship it's just like I don't know certain things it's just like really I think I just again it's probably back from childhood like I never it was very just like 
I taught myself like everything kind of was a very independent like you guys know I'm pretty street smart yeah like I'm pretty street smart and that's like because I was like very independent like yeah, child in person yeah. and like I still am I guess but yeah um I yeah I can relate to what you said on uh Gile I it but okay I feel like my parents know me really well like my dad knows me like you know I I've, I've mentioned it like when I go home my parent like my family knows me and they know you know like just my personality and I I think you know my parents know my interests like my mom and I have bonded over k-pop and she's obsessed with bts now and my dad <laughs> and i have talked about music and he is always giving me advice and i think that's why you know i put them on that that pedestal but then when it comes down to like feeling comfortable when you did something wrong there's so much guilt and i always used to feel and the like lectures was, the lectures it's like the why? guilt Ugh. everything it, mm-hmm. it, it was just it, i was like okay i guess i'm just not gonna share it's hard to yeah. talk to you because like like if I can't if I'm gonna talk to you and say something personal and then you turn into an attack or a lecture, it's like why do like like teach me a lesson, yes, but also confide in me. Don't don't like be like that was bad, but like it's okay that you did that. Like maybe next time, I don't know. Don't be like this is bad. Yeah. Don't ever do it again, like you're dumb. Like I don't know. Like it's that's the know. hardest part. There were also just times like the way that I feel like just the way that my parents I know like I've talked about it with my mom like she was like we really just tried to do the best for you and I'm like I know that but like we know honestly like they put me through I had tutoring since I was like in fourth grade and I was like you never gave me a test like you never like got me tested or anything for so long and my my dad was like very against therapy for the longest time he did not want me to get a therapist because he was like it's not gonna work and it wasn't until it literally wasn't until my junior year of high school, which was after so much happened, um, like I was going through a lot in middle school and all that, and that's where I had a lot of fights with my my family because hormones and puberty is crazy. But it wasn't until high school when they saw like cuts on my legs because I wanted to wear shorts that they were like, "Oh, you actually need help." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And the fact that it's taking this long. To get that is crazy, and you know what? It helped me, and now I'm growing as a person and all kinds of stuff. But I don't know. I feel like I hold a lot of resentment towards them. I know I feel so that. much resentment too. But I think it's I know I think it's crazy how sometimes words like don't do anything. Like you have to literally show them physical proof that I am like dying inside just to like have them understand and like get help for you. Because like you know that's that was like a huge thing in my childhood too. It was like my parents wouldn't listen to me unless I like screamed. You know, or like just did something super dramatic, then they'll be like, okay, like she actually like, you know, cares. Question because I was talking I was talking about this earlier, just like how in lab I've noticed that like there have been guys in my class that won't trust like if they ask a question, I'll give them the answer, the answer that I got, they'll be like, Okay, whatever and then some they ask a guy and they say the same thing and they're like, Okay, word Why I'm is like, that? Yeah. Why are you not believing in me? Yeah. Is it because I am like feminine presenting? Like I don't understand uh-uh. why you're not truly believing what I have to say. Yeah. And I that just This happened a lot of like my past jobs where it's like being a girl was like really like looked down on or just like someone ridiculous. you could just like I don't know, just like talk down to and I hated it. Especially food service jobs. 
go for it. I was going to say, I never really went to therapy before. And my mom's actually a big advocate for therapy. And she wants me to go to therapy. And, like, the thing is, like, I'm not against it or anything like that. I just feel like I couldn't do it. And I know I feel like it could be good for me, but I just don't know if I could do it because it's just, it's so personal. And, like, even the people closest to me, I don't even get that personal. You, you know what I mean? You grow a relationship with them over time. Like, right. the first few months is going to be super awkward and weird because you're like, I'm telling my whole life story to this person I don't even know and it's like their job to talk to me no but right. over time like I've had a therapist for like I don't talk to her anymore but I've had her for like years I've been going to therapy since I was four like <laughs> I was a messed up kid but it's like you grow this relationship with them over time and sometimes I've been to maybe I think seven or eight different therapists because it takes a while to find one that you really connect with and I still have never found a therapist that I truly feel a connection with and it's just yeah it takes time and it's like really hard especially now when everything is like either on the phone or over zoom and it's like I want that personal touch you know like I want someone to read my body language you know and I can just say things without having to say it but I think now it's so hard to do that and that's why I haven't gone back to it since just because it's like I don't want to do it over a screen like I like I know that like I know that like you have to build a relationship and all that and it's just like even the people that I'm closest to like it's hard for me to do it, and, I, and I'm already not good with words. So I'm just like, I'm not even going to make sense. Like, But that's their job. I know that's their job. Um, I do. Go ahead, Clover. Yeah, I was, just, <laughs> I was just like, so I've had a couple therapists, and I'm not in therapy right now, and I know literally all of us want to be in therapy. <laughs> yeah. But um, my first... This is our therapy. Yeah, this oh, is... Look, I hope you know this is like <laughs> my therapy. <laughs> Like, but, I like doing this. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is um, fun. <laughs> my first therapist, like, it was awkward, but I wasn't even sharing. Like, I remember going into it. I was like, I want to share this. I want to share this. But the conversation just flowed the way it was. And maybe I got something else out of it that, you know, I didn't know I was going to get. And it was honestly just talking about my life for a while. Like, just talking about what was going on in my life and how I was feeling. And it cool, wasn't. But you can talk, though. Like, I you know. Have, you, like. I want to share. I know. I was like, this is so mean, but like, you like to talk about yourself. Yeah. You'd like to talk about your day, like what you're going through. Like, you like, like, people don't I don't just... do that. And I think, like, I don't do yeah, that. I never, like, I. Not that that's a bad, like, at all. Yeah, like, I wish like I could do that. Exactly. It's like, I wish <laughs> I, I could do it. that. But, like, I don't do that. I've never really done that. So I feel like it's hard for me to formulate words and, like, my feelings and stuff like that. That kind of. I don't want to take us like off topic um off off this track um but it was making me think like how how I talk and how I share when I share my stories and I'm talking about my life and just my experiences or just you know sharing my intellect or whatever is going on I feel like that's like when I'm at my best honestly like when I'm being as truthful and honest to myself like you know when I'm sharing and it was I was talking with Acorn about it like how I don't really feel comfortable like in a party setting or in a social event setting sometimes because I feel like going into it there's like a specific thing that people are getting a specific motive that people have getting going out of a party but I feel like more comfortable like sharing and and um learning in class and 
uh, sharing my thoughts in class because I feel like that's my honest, true self. And I feel like that's where people are, you know, have their most sober thoughts and they're actually there to like talk education and share their intellect and stuff like that. And it was just something I was thinking about recently. But yeah, so and I and you know what? There are some people that love going to parties and love taking that liquid courage because they feel like that's where they can be most comfortable. Right. Yeah, that's where I feel the most confident and stuff because it's like I don't I get I have anxiety on a daily basis all the time, even when I'm at parties, too. But it's like I think drinking like does help in that way. And that's kind of sad. It's like a coping mechanism. You know, it's like I can't feel my true authentic self sober and I, I don't know like I'm trying to work on it but it's like the fear of like judgment I guess or rejection or just like people staring at me and thinking about me and like looking at me like ah I just I don't like it that's why I like to be alone in my room so I don't have to deal with that who was I talking to like with that about like it's like I was saying that like I this sounds bad but like I love myself not I love myself but I really like myself when I have like courage in me because like not only that's like I feel like really happy I feel really like extroverted and stuff like that and I get a lot people like come up to me and like oh my gosh like you're such like a cool person you have such a like cool vibe like I love talking to you da 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 and it's like I never get that when I'm like sober or like Mm -hmm. when I hang out with them sober it's a whole like completely different vibe and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm like not myself or like they don't like me anymore. I'm like not the same and I hate that no, because I, that. I, I feel like I'm just like a cool person when I have like a courage in me. Like why is that? I don't know. And I hate it. But like I just like a lot of people like me. I meet a lot of people that way as well. It's more like, social. Yeah. yeah. It's um <clears throat> I I do think that liquid courage helps me as well, but like I'm taking medication that I can't, I can't take, I can't have liquid courage on. And now being in those social situations, I'm very aware of what's going on. I'm very aware with, of my body and, and my body language. And sometimes I feel like it's, it's hindering my abilities to be social. And, you know, it's making me question, do I really want to go out on a Saturday night and be with people that are on a completely different wavelength? And that's mm, kind that's of hard for me right now. And you know what? Like, there's a lot going on this term. I'm, you know, taking a lot of classes. I'm running a club. I'm doing the podcast. I'm going to work mm-hmm. that, you know, and I and I do my homework so that I have time on the weekend to do my self-care. But now I'm questioning is myself like, how do I socialize and connect with people in a more sober environment? Like, do people even want to do that? And I'm trying to find friends that are, you know, willing to connect with me on that level mm-hmm. i know i feel like i don't really do that anymore like i feel like every time i'm with people it's like i'm it's liquid courage or i'm going out or something like i don't feel like i have those connections with people as much anymore yeah I feel but that. it's i mean it's just the way it is i guess like you drift with people sometimes and like you just i don't know things kind of fade and I guess it also depends, like, the stage of your life, too. Like, I've definitely, like, been super detached recently and just, like, not... Like, I have people I could hang out with right now if I wanted to, but I'm just, like, so, like, I'm I'm tired. Like, I'm not in the mood. And then it's, like, I don't know. I feel like the weekends are the only time where it's, like, I'm, you know, excited to go out, but it's, like, going out involves, you know, being with people who are drinking. I don't know. Yeah, it's all about finding, you know, the true friends and and really those honest true blue people that are willing to stick 
stick with it with you and honestly make the time for you the people that make the time yeah. once i hit you up like randomly i love them like love acorn them. they have a special place in my heart <laughs> acorn the other day like i'm like crying like a couple like, like a week ago or something she like texts me she's just like just thinking about you and like Aww. i'm proud of you like and i love you like literally That's random so and i was like what like i was just, like laying in bed i was like what i was like oh my gosh like that just like made like my whole week and i was just yeah. like people like that like that's how you like people like that like really like yeah people that think about you and like yeah. let you know that they're thinking about you just like if it's like random like for no re- like just like something something that like reminds them of you or something right. just something small touches like, your soul my parents said me? that they were rooting for me today and i was like thank you anyway um i think we, it's break time it's time to take a it's little time. break <laughs> a little heavy no so yeah. <laughs> who is this week's artist all right guys so this week's artist his name is Stoop Lee, and he's an artist from Detroit. How do you spell it? Uh, S-T-O-O-P-L-E-E. And this has no oh. curses in it, right? This has no curses in it. But I looked up the, the lyrics. Is? But um, the song is called Sweet Baby Ray, but like Ray spelled R-A-E. Well, that's like my middle name. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's from Detroit. Um, yeah, and he's like a hip-hop artist. And he's a cool sound, very chill. Nice. Like him. Love it. Yeah, this is Sweet Baby Ray. All caps. <laughs> Spend my whole check at Whole food. Yeah, she's still texting old dude. Need gas money like a ride home. I want smoke when I arrive home. On and on, you say. Something about brunch on a Sunday Marachino cherries on my Sundays When my mind goes in my head Cause I'm not really one for the gunplay Anyway, yeah, I'm sure you cool I'm sure that you probably sweet You barbecue, I heard of who It's in the room, I'm probably out It's way past two, I'ma hit you up In the afternoon Otherwise I'ma just see you soon Tell the truth, I don't know you Either way, I'ma be on the couch watching cartoons. Let me know if you like Goku too.
we're back. We're back. I love that song. Yeah. That was a good one. It was a chiller. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of like, like, he's like influenced like Kanye West, Jay Dilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? A little yeah. bit like that. He's like heavily influenced by them. Very cool. So, um, a little lighter note. Um, <laughs> so, in addition to Euphoria, I have been watching the new season of Too Hot to Handle. And y'all don't watch Too Hot to Handle. I didn't. I watched like the first season, I think. Or I watched like a little bit of the first season. Okay. Well, the whole premise is to, you know, get all these people that are awful at relationships and because they're all very sexually driven and to form emotional and real relationships. And it's been interesting because it's, you know, watching them. First, you know, look at these people and they're just immediately very sexually attracted to all these people. And now they're like, oh, crap. Now I really have to be forced into building strong emotional bonds with people. And it's just had me questioning, like, my approach to, like, how I see people. Um, And, you know, when first impressions, like, most people are just, like, attract to people on a physical level. Yeah. And, um you know, then when you actually establish a emotional and intellectual bond, that's when it gets real. And it had me questioning like Tinder and like yeah, hookup how, apps, dating apps. Of, that's, that's exactly what it is. Are, yeah. Like Tinder specifically, like you're seeing these photos and yeah, you get a little description of people, but you don't know how you're actually going to be with them because mm-hmm. all that you really first have is that first initial like, am I attracted to them? Which... Well, do you not go into the app and is that not your intention of going to the app with? That's like, that's my intention because I think Wait, that's like what? like going to Tinder or to like a dating app. Is it not to physical attraction? Physical attraction hookup. Oh, that's the attention? 100% unless like unless people write in their bio, I'm looking for something serious. Oh, interesting. I'm looking for something commitment because I feel like if it's not 100% hooking up, well, what that is it, the like, main intention for sure. But it could like lead into something. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. If you 100%. build that intellectual bond, yeah, hundred percent. Go into it just thinking it. Hundred like, percent. Okay. Well, that's what's so confusing though. That's why I got Tinder when I when I first came yeah, to so Oregon State. Because, like, so many users on Tinder have different ideals. Like you think like that. I might. I mean, not, not that hypothetically. Like I might be like, oh, I'm going into Tinder, like wanting a relationship, but like not putting that in my bio. So maybe exactly. it's like super confusing. That's it's why it's very yeah. confusing. I. I Honestly, I don't think, like, maybe specifically for college students because I know, like, I've talked to some older, like, adults that, like, are trying to date again and they're like, oh, yeah, like, Tinder's, you know, more of a real dating app for older people. But, like, college students, I think, have such a hard time communicating what they want. And myself included. Like, I don't know what I want. I think a lot of people do know. Do you think dating apps is, like... Do you think it's like, is that like a bad way of getting into a relationship? No. I know a lot of people that I've met on Tinder who have been together for like years plus. Like we're still together. Our roommate met her boyfriend on Tinder. Stop, I did not know that. Yeah. (laughs) Why did I not know No, but like. Oh, that's crazy. They met in another way too, but like they they did like match and then connect that way. Oh, that's cute. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. So I feel like a lot of people are like, because like. I don't know. Some people be like, if I see people like I see sometimes on people's Twitter bio, it's like we could tell them that we met at Target or something. Oh, 
because it's like a bad thing. Yes, that's to, what like, I'm saying. Say, like, oh, we met on Tinder. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of embarrassing, I guess. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? People say it's embarrassing. I don't but think it's actually, so. you're kind of defying the odds. I think it is. You're kind of defying it, the odds. It is what it is. Like, that's. Yeah, I mean, at least, like, you have now. someone. Like, that's For something real. to be proud of. <laughs> like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Not that it's embarrassing to be single, but, like, in a way, it's like. You well, know what you knew what you wanted yeah. and you, you did. Who what cares you, how you met? Is it harder to like meet someone in person? I <sighs> like meeting people in person. Yeah, I prefer cool. it. I was actually expressing this to a friend earlier. Like, I have a really hard time approaching people once someone initiates conversation. Oh. Well, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Like, once someone initiates conversation with me, I'm in it to win it. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love it. Like, I can bounce off of that. Like, my personality can shine through. But for me, I think, you know, you know, we mentioned, you know, how I identify in past episodes. Just I have feared, and I, I think it, also comes from my childhood and my upbringing of being rejected like I have a real fear of rejection and I really do like when someone approaches me then I'm like okay so they know what's going on they kind of can catch my vibe they're into it okay it's chill let's go but you know I fear approaching others because they don't they may not necessarily they you know the fear of rejection is really real for me but I think, I think. I think fear of rejection is real for like so many people. I feel like the majority like likes to have the other person make the first move, you know. And it's like two people might be like super into each other, but they're waiting for like the other person to make the first move. I yeah. saw this thing. It was like guys, like guys got like a group of guys got asked this question. Like, is it? Do you like it when girls make the first move? And it was like on a spectrum. It was mm-hmm. like to the right was like uh, agree, and like to the left was like really disagree like you know what i mean like yeah. something like that and it was a group of like six guys they all were like down like it was just like each guy was like in the like oh, each super thing different. super different they were like mm-hmm. and like what they were saying it was like um he's like uh some guy was like yeah i he said he disagreed he's like i don't like when girls like make the first moves like because um he's like i like he's like i like feeling like the man or whatever or yeah. whatever but then like some other guys was like i like it because i like getting a compliment it makes me feel yeah. good about myself. I, think, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it could be like an insecurity thing too. Like with both of what you're saying, it's like being like making the first move. So, you know, you can see as like a man, maybe you're like a little insecure in that way, but then also like, you know, wanting to like get complimented first. Maybe you're a little insecure in that way yeah. too. Like it, I think it all stems from insecurity and fear of rejection. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to take back what I said, but. It's not to say that I never make the first move. I think more so, like, in a social environment, in a party setting, that's when I am really fear making the first move. But, like, when I'm in a classroom, when I'm on campus, when I'm outside, like, when I'm just in a setting where I feel comfortable and cute, quirky, whatever, I don't fear as much what I'm doing. I was going to say, is it because you, do you feel like when you're in that room, you feel like you're, like, I don't know how to say like no like you feel like no like saying like how you feel more comfortable in like a class setting or whatever like you'll make the first move or like be more open whatever is it because you feel like you know that like you're like the the baddest bee you know what I mean is it because you know but like rather the party you know there's a whole bunch of hundred different other yes different people really yes I know well that's what I'm saying I feel like okay I feel there's a couple different factors so I feel like I talked about this literally all today while I was getting coffee with with a bestie. Um, yes, I feel like 
okay, we talked about feeling comfortable. And when you're comfortable and when you feel your baddest be self, your energy shines through. Your Correct. energy, when you're sh like, your energy is what people pick up off of, right? Okay. At least I think that. And maybe it's in those, you know, settings where I'm not comfortable that people can see that. I don't know. I still have girls coming up to me being like, you're so cute. You look amazing. And I'm like, oh, thank you. But like, I I don't know. I, I it's not that I, I'm cocky or arrogant, but I do feel like when I go to campus and I'm dressed how I want to be, like I'm feeling good in my outfit because that is my form of self-care, getting ready in the morning and getting dressed. Yeah. Looking cute. When I'm doing my work, I'm working. I know I'm working hard and doing my thing. I do feel like confident enough to make a move because it's like I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste and I don't know. I don't know, I just feel good and I'm ready to communicate with people, I guess. That's so opposite for me. Yeah. I think it's because maybe at a party, like maybe like a party setting, like the liquid courage is there. Mm -hmm. So like I, not necessarily like I always make the first move, but like I do, I have, I will. <laughs> like I, I have never made the first move, I don't think. Like even in friendships, like I, I have friends come up to me and that's how we become friends, you know? Like I've never made the first move in anything and I think it's like I think that's super weird and I feel like I should start doing that but I get like first of all I'm super shy I'm a really shy person always have been I get really really nervous I used to um in high school I used to like write little conversation starters on my arm and <laughs> oh. <laughs> like in pen so it's like if someone comes up to me I'd like look at my arm and like <laughs> it's super weird but I would just like I'd get really nervous and I'd turn red like with anyone talks to me like I'm very like like I don't know if it's like insecure but I think it's just like social anxiety and I get very nervous and my palms get all sweaty like right now I'm I was super flushed say, you're not that I mean you you are shy but you're not that I think shy. I've gotten better I think I have but like up until like even freshman year of college like wouldn't couldn't talk to people like at all like how do you think really you get better thing. from that because like how do you think you get better because I used to be really shy too like Ask my friends back in high school. Well, like, I think like I used to be I, weird. I think when I started drinking and realizing like I'm able to be this kind of right. version of myself, right? And realize I'm too. capable of doing this. Right. I can. Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe I have to like have like good courage to feel that way. But it's like I know that in but me, you could do. And it, I'm right. a Leo too. Like I should. <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be an issue, but it so much is. But I think I think I am getting better. I still get really really shy. And I I don't even talk in class. Like no one knows my name. I've never raised my hand before in any classroom ever because you know like I just even if I know the answer like I won't and I don't know like it's something I want to work on because I, I guess I just don't like to be seen in that way I don't know I wanted to touch on this before I forgot it but two things one I feel like I notice the people that are shy in class and Loki I kind of make an effort to talk to those people I find and I, I think that's so, why we're friends okay you know, I get a lot I get a lot of joy out of making other people feel comfortable. And part of it is because I'm, I have gotten comfortable kind of making a fool out of myself, a little bit. Like I'm willing to put myself out on the line and be a little weird and be a little quirky so that other people feel okay to feel do that. Good. Yeah. And you know, talking about like when, you know, cause I had really bad social anxiety uh, like in junior year of high school. But when I was a freshman, I had to give a presentation in front of a lot of people and I was so nervous. I was so nervous, it was like my business class. But then afterwards I went to lunch and people came up to me and were telling me how funny I was. And it was just 
then that I was like, I'm capable, like, even with my nerves, I'm capable of, like, commanding, a, you know, like, capturing the attention of people. And I think that was when I really started to feel good. And then when I started giving tours for, like, the College of Business, and I started getting positive feedback on how I was doing, and that people were like, you really know what you're talking about. I was like, I do? And that was really when I think, you know, my sober self started feeling good about, you know, just talking to people and commanding a space and yeah. stuff like that. What yeah. were you? Um, I would say, no, I agree with that. I like, this sounds probably selfish, but I love when people say like, I'm really cool. It makes me feel really good. And like, I try to bring that back. Like, I always try to do that to others as well. So it makes me feel really, really good. Like when people are like, oh my gosh, like your vibe's really cool. Even people compliment like the way I dress because I love dressing up. And then like, and I just like always try to like compliment like people back and make them feel good. I should start doing that more. Just, you like, should out compliments. Like, you it doesn't should hurt anyone, and it makes someone's day. And because I love it should. when I get compliments, and I never give that back. Speaking of making people's day, I have started just like literally. Okay, two things. Like one, just being like, have a great day. Like have a great rest of your day. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. And then two, um, oh shoot. What was I going to talk about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just had something to say about complimenting people and making people feel comfortable. It'll come back to me. Yeah, just telling people to have a good day. And I, Oh, oh, I remember. So um, low-key, something my dad did and I picked up on, and I think it was also something my grandpa did. I don't know. My grandpa was a great, a great man. Um whenever I go to like a coffee shop or a restaurant, I I like asking the barista or, you know, someone serving me, I like asking, you know, what would you order? What's your favorite yeah. thing on the menu? I've been trying to do that too. And yeah. you know what? I'm like, let's go for it. Let's do that. Because one, I like trying new things. But two, it gives them the opportunity to, you know, show me something that they like. And maybe, they, you know, just being asked that question and like, mm-hmm. you know, having someone be interested yeah. in that. Yeah, I know. The other day we were at Goodwill and I <laughs> I, th- I had like three earrings that I wanted, but I only like wanted two. And I'm actually wearing them right now. Um, <laughs> this was you cool. know, and I had to make a decision, you know, out of like, well, you know, which three like I wanted, like I only wanted two. And I asked her, I was like, hey, like, which ones would you pick? And then, you know, she picked these ones, the ones that I'm wearing. And I I don't know what happened, but she ended up giving the rest the store. to me for free. She put them in All the bag three of them in and there. just gave them to me. How nice is and that? And that was so sweet. I was like, oh, my God. And I don't I don't know. I don't know why, but I was like. Like, I was crying. I know. I know. <laughs> Complimenting people not only makes other people feel good, but it also makes you feel good for just, like, you know, spreading the positivity at least. I love complimenting like the little things too. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, someone noticed or something. Like, um, when I'm at work at at AMC and I'm the greeter, I compliment like a lot of people because it's just like random people just come up to me. So I'm like, Oh, I like your shirt, I like your da 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 and then um this girl had this really cool like um necklace. It was like a really cool little uh, tiny little pendant thingy, but I really like the gem. And I was like, "Ooh, I like your necklace! Like, I like your necklace." She's like, "Oh my gosh, thank you!" And then she like told this like whole story about uh-huh. it. And then you get to know someone like that. Yeah, and I was like, "I have a question. Um, do you guys ever think that like complimenting can sometimes like not be like can be like more fake or something? Because I have like a problem with that. That's sometimes why I don't give compliments because I don't want them 
to think that I'm like just making fun of them or like being fake. I don't know, maybe it's because I've had that done to me, but like sometimes I don't know how to take a compliment because I'm like, are you oh. being for real or are you just like making fun of me or like something I'm really insecure of and they like compliment it and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Is that true? I, I, when some, a lot of the times, especially when like pretty girls like compliment me, I always it's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to take a compliment. Mm hmm. I don't, I never know. I always take a compliment genuine because even if it wasn't, like you still said something good about me. You still Mm -hmm. thought something good about me. It's like, am I supposed to give a compliment back if they give me a compliment? But then I'm also like, well, what if that's fake? Because I'm just giving one back. Like, I don't know. It's, I stress out about this a lot because it's like, I don't. I don't think you have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Is that like a social norm where you have to like compliment someone back? I don't know. Is that seem? I I think. You should say you should say thank you at least. Yes, of course. <laughs> if you yeah. don't say that, then that's mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is mean. <laughs> that's mean. Be like, just look at them, <laughs> look at them, and walk away. I have felt that social pressure to give compliments back, but you know what? I think part of it's all how you interpret it. I think you know when you get a compliment at a party uh, or whatever. I don't think that the people saying it are looking to get something back. Mm-hmm. True. I think okay. they're just like wow, like, this person is beautiful. I need to tell them this. And I don't think that their thought process is like, I hope they say something back. Like, yeah, that's that's true. true. And you know what? If you feel it, you feel it. And if you don't, (laughs) don't don't say anything at all. Like, you know, because you don't want to be fake back. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, I like your hair and not actually, like, do that, you know? And I think social pressure, maybe from being, like, woman or something, we're, like, expected to always do that. But I don't know. It's good good point you raised but i do think it's all about like how you um you know interpret it and if you're genuine in your reaction then i think that shines yeah more than anything but then like when you're nervous like when i'm nervous at a party i don't feel like i can be like oh my gosh thank like i feel like i'm like oh my gosh thank you and then go back to worrying about what's going on at you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like I should be enjoying the fact that someone's doing this and make me feel happier, but I'm still like back, like, oh God, like what's going on? Yeah. And they chose to give you that compliment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they didn't have to say anything. No, Nothing. exactly. No, they didn't. <laughs> but, you know. Should we just should we, should do our song of the day? I mean, song of the week? We've yeah. shared a lot of There's personal not a lot to info either. for y'all <laughs> today. We've had, uh, really spilled the milk. We spilled yeah. the milk. Too. We spilled, we milk, spilled the milk on this one, but I hope, you know, y'all. I hope it's like hit home for some yeah, people. Yeah, and just you know. know that we're all going through it and humans and we all feel. We all got it. We all got feelings, so feel them. I just want to feel something. I want to feel. You know, <laughs> like um, so with that, should we share our songs of the week? Oh, yeah. yes, we can. Yes, we can. I'm going to okay? do um, Tearing Me Apart by Ernest Rareberg. It's a it's a bop, y'all. <laughs> Listen to it. So I have two again. Uh, so I got Wake Up by Alicia Keys off Oof. the Diary of Alicia Keys album. And then um, In Touch by Daul and Charlie Taft. But I was originally listening to the remix of it, which is In Touch by Midas Hutch, Charlie Taft, and Daul. So either of those are bangers, like either version. But uh, but 
uh, Alicia Keys has been hitting my soul recently. And she went to my public, my uh, elementary school. So oh, really? Shout out uh, PS116. <laughs> yep. No way. Kips no. Bay, Murray Hill. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I have two also. I, have... I want to do two now. What? Sorry. Well, sorry. No, it's okay. okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, they're both good, and they're both super different. Okay. I have Emerald Eyes by Fleetwood Mac and Sunflower Seeds by the Oriels. I think that's how you pronounce it. Isn't that like ears in French or something? Oriels. I don't know. You're the Oreos. French miner. Right. Oui, oui. <laughs> Sick. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in again this week. Um, stay safe. Stay sane. Stay warm. Warm. Oh, <laughs> my yeah. gosh. Oh, stay so warm. Cold. And um, tune in next week. Kiko out. Mm-hmm. Even though it's cold, um, still go to your classes because <laughs> sometimes when it's too cold, I don't go to class. Um, <laughs> it's times like yourself. these. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish things are on Zoom sometimes. <laughs> no, knock on wood. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> hope you guys had a good week. Um, yeah, please try to stay sane during these. During these trying times, during the cold weather, during the seasonal depression. Um, and we'll see you next week. G-Light out. Uh, yes, we will. Also, next week before we air, there will already be the um, the art gallery happening in the ME oh. Ballroom. Oh. So I'm sign going. up, RSVP, because my work will be featured there. Wait, you have to RSVP? I don't know. Maybe. How, wait, hold Check out Yes I Am, the Yes I Am Instagram, and okay. you'll get some info on the uh, gallery. Um, but anyway, yeah, just uh, stay warm. Um, you know, find ways to self-care, even if that means taking a hot shower or cleaning your room or petting your cat or Going taking a walk. Even if you, you do know? one of those things a day, it's something. Just exactly. Just one thing. Spend some time with yourself. At least. So, yeah, I know this uh, episode was really deep, but I think it was kind of needed. And mm-hmm. yeah, it allowed us time to to share. So anyway, y'all know that I love you, and we'll see you next week. Clover out. <laughs> good episode. Yay. Nice, good job, guys. <laughs> that was good. tummy hurt.